Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 441. We're recording this on Friday the 25th of October. We record the shows around 8.30 Pacific Standard Time every Friday, and you can watch our antics, our debate, our arguments live on Facebook, and you can comment live on what we're up to. How, how great is that? What more could you ask for for a Friday morning? There we go. We've got, I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a, a larger panel than last week, but I thought we did quite well last week. I was quite impressed. Um, I'm going to let my co-host on my, third, my uh, interview show introduce himself, Adrian. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. For those of you who don't know me, I am the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We build and sell marketing automation and sales plugins designed for businesses that use WordPress. He's the good-looking one of this panel. There we go. Uh, um, so, got Uncle Spencer joining us. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Spencer Foreman from WP Launchify. Okay, very chirpy. Uh, um, I've got Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, my <laughs> name is Sally Getch. Uh, I am the WP fangirl and the organizer of the mm. East Bay uh, WordPress meetup in Oakland, California. And I've got my friend, John. Would you like to introduce yourself, John? John Locke, lockdownseo.com. Oh, yeah, that's much better sound. And we've got Joe as well. Joe, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Joe Casabona. I uh, help people create courses and podcasts over at casabona.org. And before we go into our great stories, and I think I've selected some reasonable ones, I'm sure the panel will disagree most heartily, but there we go. Um, I want to talk about my great sponsor, one of my sponsors, and that's Breezy.co. And what is Breezy? Breezy, I feel, is one of the most innovative page builders in the WordPress space at the present moment. It's got a number of features that enables you to share designs among multiple clients or customers. And its interface design, I think, is one of the best on the market at the present moment. They're also on a charge to add a number of increasingly interesting features to their product. So if that sounds interesting for yourself or for your clients, I suggest that you go over to breezy.co, have a look at what they've got to offer, and maybe buy one of their packages. Also, can you tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show? That would be really helpful. So let's go into the first story. Curated list of feature themes coming coming to the theme directory. What do you reckon of this one, Sally? Uh, I reckon people responded about the way I uh, uh, expected them uh, to. That uh, um, hey, that uh, you know the the. Uh, logic behind it uh, seems valid in terms of of saying, hey, you know, a lot of what people see when they look at the theme directory is the 20 whatever themes. And although those are uh, useful as examples of, of what a theme is, and you know, they're not horrible. Um, this doesn't get people very excited. 
Uh, and we've been thinking about, you know, having some featured themes and then, you know, everybody is kind of like, yeah, and is this going to turn into basically another, you know, ad for Jetpack and um, et cetera. And, you know, I mean, anytime you've got people doing curating, you have the potential for some kind of bias. Um, Never. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the worst bias in a lot of ways is the bias we don't know we have. And I'm we not biased, I'm Sally. We all have biases that we're not aware of um, that affect our judgment about things. Um, you know, and somebody says in here, you know, I'm amazed that like anybody actually cares about themes because Gutenberg, blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, and I think uh, that uh, while in many cases we probably will see themes evolving towards something that is, is just kind of a, a, a container for what people build. Uh, many, many, many people are not designers and cannot envision a thing unless they see an example of it. Yeah. Uh, and also do not want to spend a lot of time tinkering with, with all kinds of, of things. And um, all of you who do marketing, I think, you know, it's, it's like, you know, that if you aim a product at, Try to aim a product at everybody. What you get is something that's not interesting to anybody. And I think you, I think you just made a fantastic point. I would say ninety-five percent of users aren't the same people that are making these stupid bloody comments. You know, they're ridiculous comments of the most juvenile, um, non-fault-driven possible. But that's, I suppose, that's what you get on the tavern, isn't it, Sally? And not just there. I mean, you know, that's what you get in a lot of comments everywhere. As as any of you who've had to respond to comments, uh, I, I would I've never come across YouTube more, channels more I've never than come, others. I've never come across more wasted space than the people that comment on the tavern. No, so you've no. obviously never read any comments on YouTube. Then. <laughs> well, they're, yeah, well, they're even worse. Aren't they? um, Adrian, what did you reckon? Well, they already have uh, featured plugins in a lot of area, whether for, you know, whether there's a conflict of interest there or not, you know, for Jetpack and whatnot is to, is, well, pretty much a moot point now that we have, we've had it for so long. Anything, although in my opinion, uh, anything that improves the user experience for the person actually implementing WordPress is a good idea. If that means featured themes and, you know, providing kind of like things that, people have voted for is say, hey, listen, I think this is a really good theme and it really helps me run my business and it helps me get my website up. As long as those things become front and center and it allows people to have an easier experience with WordPress, I think everybody wins uh, from that point. Maybe there might be bias, but as a business person and someone who always is in trying to provide a better user experience, anything that does that is a good idea and I think should be implemented. That's great. So, Spencer, this is, seems to be an ongoing debate that rolls on and on and on. Got any real solutions for them? Yes. It's a self-correcting problem. Uh, we'll be talking, I think, in one of the stories today about headless WordPress, mm. and soon it'll be WordPress for Siri and Alexa. But the point is that soon enough, having an index of themes will be irrelevant because we won't really have themes, in my opinion. I think we will be moving to a fully distributed, you have a back end and then some other kind of front end, even though it's too early for that. So I that means you'll be shopping for the themes in the front end. Well, what I'm going to say about today's scenario to that regard is even in the front end, in the last year or two specifically, in my professional experience, themes have become less what they were originally and yeah. more just 
they are just a, a like Adrian has behind him. They're just a blank whiteboard mm-hmm. that you attach magnets and, and different magic markers to. And you don't shake your head yet. And you do that through your favorite page builder. So what I see as being the ideal way to build stuff for business and otherwise is the themes taking a backseat. It is literally just yeah. a structural container like an Astra or a Hello theme or something like that. And that you put your favorite page builder on there, which is where many of your actual components. Well, that, that, that apply, yeah, but that applies to what Sally said. You know, if you're a designer or you've got some eye for design, whatever you want to call yourself. But a lot of people, they, this this be truthful about this. I'm going to come across rather snobby here, but I'm not, hopefully. A lot of people just don't have any fucking taste, do they? Let's be frank about it. It's mean the people, the people who want to buy the stuff ready-made, or are you talking about the people who are putting it up in the repository? The people they're going to use. That's why they need a theme yeah. because they couldn't it's, put they couldn't put two bloody um, they couldn't put a, any kind of color palette together if the life well, depended this, on it. This, this is how it works in my view of it. Right now, I would be very content, and I think it would solve a lot of problems. Get themes out of the repository entirely. Here's why. It was true that there was a time when WordPress, I was here 16 years ago, when like putting themes, it's like, oh, there's a theme, the sports theme and a baseball theme and a shoe theme and a bowling. Theme. Now you don't need those themes. If you want to go buy them, fine. Boo-hoo for those designers if they don't switch to the alternative, which is there should just be like a mechanical way to hang your stuff. Your stuff is one of your favorite page builders. As a designer who, who would have otherwise written a theme before, because I'm good at design, make components for one or all of the page builders, a full template, a full design package, a CSS thing, a tutorial, because that's where that action is happening. The themes to me are not any longer what they were before. They are just literally the bare structure. I agree and- with you that they're not as, as important Well, yes, I mean, plus a change, plus a même shows in the really earliest days of of themes, you had like, you know, two files and a a style sheet that contained a a very few things. And in in a way, it's kind of going back to that and, you know, possibly away from themes of the sort that bundled all kinds of stuff into them. Nobody does that anymore if they have a brain, because why would you bundle like... Six redundant. No, I'm saying, why would it today? You'd be just abusing the the best standards of practice or whatever. Why? Would uh, you- yeah, but how how many people are still buying that crap over on ThemeFest? Well, point. My, listen, let's talk about Windows as an example. It took a long time to get rid of that whole like Windows ninety five thing, where it was just like dump everything onto the front page of a new install. Where we are at WordPress today, in my opinion, would be they would do a great service to everybody. Call Uncle on themes in the repository. That's my suggestion to get no, rid of it. I don't know. And I miss Clippy. So there we go. Uh, uh, John, what do you reckon? Yeah. No, Spencer, I, I, I think you had a great idea of uh, having a, a place to hang like each of the page builders uh, in a theme because basically you've reinvented every theme for us theme now. Uh, basically a place to hang like a, a, a page builder. Um yeah, I, I this whole thing with having the featured themes, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to uh, get rid of some of the corruption uh, and favoritism, but I, I I can't for the life of me see how in practice it's going to be different uh, than it was before. You'll probably still have you know, themes from GoDaddy that are in the featured uh, and things like that because that's just how things work. 
Um, I think it's a good theory in practice. Um, you know, somebody said down in the bottom, the, uh, in the comments, that you should be able to filter by what you're looking for, like header widgets or footer widgets or, you know, whatever it is, because most of the time it's developers looking for a free theme and not a client. So. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well. Uh, what do you reckon, the voice of reason, Joe? What do you reckon? I was listening to a podcast earlier this week. Do you? <laughs> Listen, not ours. I, I hope it was ours. All right, I listen so. to other podcasts. You don't, uh, do you? And the host, Federico Vatici, on this show, he was talking about how he was having trouble with his non-technical friends upgrading to Catalina or issues with iOS 13. And he pointed out something that I think the WordPress, the embedded WordPress community also needs to hear. The general population doesn't follow the news. They don't care about anything that's going on here. Uh, so the people, as uh, the panel has pointed out, that are commenting on WP Tavern, they are the people who are who care about the news. But I know two things for sure. Most people care about what their site looks like first and foremost with the, without doing some amount of work. And the other is that most themes on the free theme repository suck. <laughs> like, they're, they're mostly terrible. Um, and for a bunch of reasons, right? People are maybe just trying things out. They wanted to publish a theme. They don't, maybe they, they're new uh, or they're not getting paid for it. So they're not putting the time that they hope they could invest in it. Uh, so I think that this is generally a good thing. Um, I mean, I'll assume good intent for now, right? But if we start seeing like Jetpack themes as the only feature themes, we'll know that there was something nefarious. But at this point, I think this will be very good for the end user, especially the people who aren't hanging on every piece of WordPress news, uh, yeah. which is most people. Yeah, that's a good point. Your, your sound's a little bit loud. Maybe just turn it down. Oh, all right. Yeah, I can. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, let's go on to story two. I think that was, I think we contributed something. All the panel did. My comments were useless, but there we go. But what is unusual, listeners and viewers? Uh, um, so on to story two. Oh, right. I've just wrote a letter to SoftBank. Maybe they're going to give me some money. I don't know. Uh, um, the curse of SoftBank. Um, who, who was the start off? Um, John, do you want to start off with this one? So, yeah, I mean... Uh... It sounds like SoftBank, uh, they wanted to get, they wanted to, to roll big in, in uh, venture capital. And uh, what ended up happening is this Adam Newman guy basically used it to enrich his own pocket. I really uh, wish that... that, and that over, awful that awful wife of his, she sounds more of a... I, I don't even know who she is. I just, oh, you know, she um, seemingly, you know, she's a charmer by what I've read. She, uh, lovely you lady. know, regardless of that, I think um, just overall there should not... I think there there's needs to be some kind of regulation. I mean, with... We've been seeing this since the 1990s, quite honestly. I mean, Enron... Um, you know, uh, what was the other one? The, uh, uh, it was like a, one of the phone companies, all these different ones, you know, where people have golden parachutes, PG&E, executives taking bonuses while uh, they shut off the power. There needs to be some kind of uh, white collar crime rules ab about these types of Ponzi schemes, because that's all this is. It's really all this is. And, the, and this guy from the uh, SoftBank, basically, like, they don't want to lose face by saying we screwed up. And uh, we basically handed this guy so much money, we're probably never, ever 
going to be able to turn a profit on this, but so we're just going to pay him an unreasonable amount of money to just go away. So maybe we can possibly turn this profitable. That's kind of how I'm reading this situation. So I think there's a few people like me to go away, but they're not going to give me money. You give me money, folks, I'll go away. Um, Spencer, what did you think of this particular piece? This is capitalism in the new age because what essentially happened is there's lots of parties. It is, I like how they brought in the movie uh, comparison to the big short, but like essentially the problem comes from when you take a supply demand type of a scenario and the money comes from an unlimited source, which is, you know, oil sheiks and people like that who give it to a Japanese conglomerate like, Run by Masayuki. Yeah, what a big, what a mixture. That's all you can say. What a mixture. By the way, he made his own money doubling down on an amazing, you know, uh, Jack from Alibaba. He made a hundred million dollars of them from that. So it's part of his own money. But the point I'm saying is, we're talking about a scenario in a world where unlimited amounts of money can be poured into what is otherwise a, a, a seesaw that has to be balanced, supply-demand. Does your idea carry its weight and balance out the amount of money that was invested in it? When you have the ability to recklessly pour an unlimited amount of cash, you can come up with a completely different strategy, which is what's happening here again and again and again, which is the people to whom dollars don't mean the same amount can completely flood a particular market or an idea to drown every other reasonable competitor who's coming from a normal space or place. And in the process, completely stupid, worthless ideas can exist for long enough to fleece the ordinary people who get excited about it. I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, all of us make terrible decisions. It's just that most of our terrible decisions don't affect the enormous number of people or the entire economy. Well, because, because like, again, you know, I was in real estate development for 29 years. That was slightly different because there was always at least a tenuous tie to some physical property. Where it got disturbed and distorted was when they packaged up these nameless, faceless mm-hmm. properties into pieces of paper or numbers. That's when this happened. This is even more perverted because you're literally giving some dude and his crazy wife billions of dollars for a vapor idea where he, we talked about this. Well, and, and, and I mean, it says here, the fund was so flush with cash that several founders had to be persuaded to take more money than they asked for. Give I mean, it, like, yes, now, I mean, it, it doesn't sound like the guy at WeWork was one of those, right? I mean, you know, he, he was after it with both hands, but that, that, you know, even when founders were like, yeah, I don't think my, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I don't think my company could actually recoup that. No, no, take the money. Take the money. Here's, here's how this could work out in this space. If I had a relationship with Masayoshi-san and I had pitched to him WordPress com- competitor, I say, Masayoshi, I need a billion dollars or be generous. I'll just take a hundred million. I'm going to go take a copy of WordPress, which I have a legal right to do so. And then I'm going to go pay a hundred people a quarter million bucks a year, I bet you I could get it up and running and it actually would work. Now, at the end of it, I may still not be able to make any money, but that's all that was going on here. He's like, this creepy dude's like, I'm going to buy properties that, by the way, I'll own and I'll lease them back to you to rent to people. Oh, what a genius fucking idea. Give me a billion dollars and then buy me out with another billion so I'll go away. Like, I feel bad for me. 
that I wasn't smart enough to tap into this guy before the game was up. Because, like, this is pet rock. This is, like, literally the pet rock of venture capital. But the downside of all this, and this is what concerns me legit as a real entrepreneur, is that, like, I had my contact with Silicon Valley in the early days. Well, it was still relatively balanced. Like, VCs really were looking for real companies to do real stuff. This disturbs me because now venture capitalists' minds are twisted that they're no longer looking for businesses per se that make money, but they're looking for this crazy, I I have so much money available, I just have to get all that money and pour it at anything I can because it's no longer just 10 companies, one of them's a home run. Now it's like, I don't care. Just throw everybody's top end money at everything and the markets get distorted then because then real businesses have trouble sprouting up from that, you know, garbage pile. Okay, what do you reckon, Adrian? I, well, I, every, everything that's been said so far is pretty on point. I just, I just like to mention that I think the, the real tragedy here is uh, WeWork made several purchases of really solid and, you know, potentially awesome companies mm. in exchange for shares, which are now essentially to all yeah. worthless. Uh, and all of those founders who are now employed by WeWork are not only going to, you know, lose out yeah. on potentially, uh, you know, a nice payday, but also they're going to lose their companies because mm-hmm. WeWork isn't going to sell them back to them. At least that's the only the only companies that they sold so far are Meetup, which will survive this because WeWork bought them, mm-hmm. uh, and now WeWork has been sold in order to recoup some of the money at, at like at a total loss for WeWork, but. You know, that, I think that's part of the real tragedy here is that, you know, it, I, and I think there's a lesson that, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and someone comes to you and says, hey, listen, I'm going to exchange for you shares in my awesome, super going up company uh, in exchange for your product service or whatever, it's, it's, it, the, the really flashy part of the deal was be like, wow, you know, this private valuation, $47 billion or, you know, whatever it is might be in the listener situation, but Make sure that, you know, do your own due diligence before you start taking shares or anything. And because you just don't want to lose that opportunity that you have and uh, be wary. Yeah. What do you reckon, Joe? What do you reckon? Uh, Spencer said something interesting that I'd like to riff on because I don't know anything about venture capitalism besides like I don't like it uh, or I would never take it for myself, I should say. But, um, you know, there was... I mean, I think in recent history, the dot-com boom was a thing where people threw a bunch of money at a bunch of things that weren't necessarily viable, but it was a website, so it got funding. Um, But what Spencer said about, I just need to get all the money possible and throw it at whoever, uh, I think that's a mindset that probably happened within the last five years, right? With the idea of these unicorns. And so like, I keep thinking, every time I, I think of WeWork, I keep thinking about Theranos and and the book Bad Blood, which I know we've mentioned before. Um, Because I'm like, how could Elizabeth Holmes have fooled so many smart people, including General Mattis, right? James Mattis, I think, was fooled. I'm I'm not not that surprised. Yeah. Uh, And it's because they wanted to believe in what she was doing and she was able to sell it that way. Yeah, but that, that, you know, obviously any startup. You know, any startup, you know, there's not direct line, but, you know, there, there, to some degree, there's got to be a slight suspension of reality. You know, that comes with the territory. She was, in my opinion, and I read the book and I've remarked on it before during this show, she and her 
partner, uh, her, you know, her little bit of squeeze, who was also fin- uh, who was the chief financial officer, and their relationship wasn't declared. Um, it was kept secret, and not only was he her little bit of squeeze, uh, um, he was also one of her chief initially um, financial backers, which was never declared. declared either the whole thing to my mind was a Ponzi scheme of the highest order mixed with her her own mania you know and and that's what we're looking at here too right these people are pouring money into ideas that they think are good and they have all of the money in the world right Uh, it's like uh, like money to these people is like water here in the United States we just well it's everywhere we can have it whenever we want um, speak for yourself. I live in California. <laughs> they don't even have electricity yeah, here on the <laughs> East Coast, at least. Um, and there's no oversight, right? I, and that's really what it is. I don't know. I will never have that kind of money. I will never accumulate anywhere near that kind of money in my lifetime. But if I was giving somebody any amount of money to do something, I'd be like, "How are you spending this?" But with SoftBank, they don't need to. They can just be like, "Here, here's a pile of cash." I don't want to have to pay attention to you. Just give me my check when it's ready. Yeah, I think that's good. On to the next story. Um, number three, marketing. I, 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 I license the WP Tonic name. I mean, I bought a trademark it, so you're going to be need to be paying me like five hundred thousand a year from now on. Just, it's like they, they they licensed back from him the Wii name at six million a year. That was the best part of it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the thing is, regrettably, you know, you know, if you want to do these type of things, good luck to you. But there should be consequences. Unfortunately, there will there will be no consequences for this geezer and his horrible wife. Where the where the real consequences should be that both of them, in my opinion, should be facing um, some time in a nice, cozy federal prison. <laughs> but. Well, time, t- time will tell with that, right? I mean, dominoes fall. You know, what's his name? Uh, Bernie, Bernie Madoff. Madoff. Yeah, right. he he's Elizabeth Holmes is probably going to jail, right? We'll find out early next year. So, yeah, I'm yeah, time will tell. Yeah. yeah. Everybody catches up with you eventually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll see. All right, on to the next story. Marketing channels, how, how to think about marketing your WordPress business. What do you think of this one, Adrian? So uh, growing my own WordPress business, uh, I have experimented with many different marketing channels and I'm constantly learning about several different ones. The, uh, having looked at this, you know, they, they talk about the, your basic channels, SEO, paid, etc. Um, that stuff can be really, you know, WordPress is a very diluted industry these days. Uh, and PPC can often get expensive, especially if you're new and you don't have like, say like $50,000, like get up and running with PPC, or you don't have the revenue for a test budget of 2000 a month, et cetera, et cetera. So the biggest channel that I personally started out with and the one that I'm continuing to expand and the one that I find is the most beneficial to me is showing up on, on stuff like this and doing podcasts and appearing and totally mooching off. And for everybody who I've done this with so far, I have to express my sincere gratitude is just joining the variety of different Facebook groups that are out there that are niche specific, offering support, offering help, and then offering solutions when people start asking for them. 
that is been the main way so far that I've been able to grow my business. And that's the channel that I'm currently continuing to expand through is being part of several different niche specific communities, Mm. offering help and then offering solutions when the actual question comes up. So if you have literally no budget or no money, being somebody's friend is free. So like Chris at Lifter LMS or Joe or John or Spencer here, all I would hopefully consider my friends, maybe Jonathan, you know, I come on the show and that has honestly been... Yeah, my friend, I don't know if you consider me to be yours, uh, but you you put up with me. Uh, um, Yeah, I think that's well put. What do you reckon, John? I was unmuted. Um, yeah, no, I Alex's article really great point. I think a lot of people, um, when they're trying to to market a product, whether it's in WordPress or not, they're they get um, analysis paralysis by trying to figure out like these eighteen different marketing channels that they're going to do in the WordPress space. Um, as Adrian said, a lot of it can be leveraged through the relationships that you have with other people. You know, other people have audiences of varying sizes and you can absolutely use that to generate momentum. Uh, One thing that I've really found in my own business is leveraging for the most part, just two channels uh, over the last six months or so, just my blog. uh, Of course, appearing on stuff like this and other podcasts. So I guess that's three. And, uh, YouTube. And I'm getting leads basically from, you know, blogging and YouTube. And I think that, that, you know, within the WordPress community, I think appearing on stuff like this helps other people remember who I am. So finding uh, a channel that works, you know, maybe it's a Facebook group, maybe it's uh, content marketing that seems to work for a lot of people, but I would also leverage um, the friendships that you have, not in an ulterior way of like, what can you do for me or what can I extract from this? But in a reciprocal way in, in which you try and benefit one another. I, I look around the WordPress community and that's pretty much what I see everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, that's well. What do you reckon, Jay? Uh I mean, this is this is a nice overview. It teaches people some terms that they can then... Yeah probably look up later right but as adrian and john have pointed out uh, i think the most the quickest way to somebody's heart these days is to get them to know like and trust you right um because there's a lot of people talking about the same sort of things and everybody has a different voice um i think there's a a pre-step to what alex talks about here uh and it's something that justin ferriman taught me uh on my podcast which is um, blog about your idea before you put any money into developing the idea, right? Because writing content, aside from time, is free. Talk about it. See if people are actually interested in this, right? Um, as a developer, it was always very easy for me to build something because I, I thought, oh, this will be a good thing that people want. Um, and I learned the hard lesson when I made my first online course, which was how to create a blog with WordPress that nobody wanted to buy that course. There's enough free stuff on it already, but I didn't know that. I just thought I know how to do it. So um, I think that it, when exploring marketing channels, maybe the first thing that you should think about is blogging about your potential product, your idea, um, before, especially before investing money in something like PPC. 
Certainly. That's a great point. Thanks for that, Joe. What do you reckon, Sally? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, some of the good things that it says here is, you know, um, start with one or, you know, once you have one or two working channels, just focus on those. And, you know, only when a channel is working in full, turn your attention to another one. If you try to do everything at once, uh, you are pretty much guaranteed to fail at it. So if you look at things like, all right, so John is saying, hey, I'm going to concentrate on blogging and YouTube. Um, or, you know, you might concentrate on uh, public speaking or or doing the podcast tour or something, but th- you have to actually dive into something and spend time on it in order to expect any kind of return. It's not like, oh, I tried this once. Why are the why are the clients or customers not flooding? And it doesn't happen that way. No, it's true. What do you reckon, Uncle Spencer? Tried and true formula. You experienced this when I first met you years ago. When were you dated first? The formula is simple. <laughs> Think about the way you viewed... Oh, what happened? My, my Cortana just overtook my screen. Uh, think about... You got, you got too many ladies bothered to you, Spencer. They all have the same relationship with me as in real life. Nobody wants to talk to me the way I want to. Um, <laughs> the, think about it like when you're 10 years old. Find something that interests you because it's fun, that possibly has some business market around it. Next, as Sally rightly pointed out, go do the thing, invest the time in becoming an expert for your own benefit in the thing. In WordPress, that could be coding, developing, theme making, uh, marketing automation, whatever. Become interested enough to become an expert at the things necessary to pique your own curiosity. Step three, along the way, take notice of the places where you had pain and other people had pain and write them down. Step four, of those things that you became an expert at, that you had pain and overcame it, pick the one that people would pay you money to solve for them. Step five, go make yourself a free and useful helper in someone else's community. Be the little birdie on everybody's hippo's back, picking the little bugs off. Because by doing that, you immediately elevate yourself to trust, relationship, people wanting to interact with you. Now, when they call you or contact you for free to help solve the same pain pain that you already know about and you've already solved, you are an expert at that one pain in a very specific niche And you have no salesmanship required other than to figure out how to productize your service or market your particular, you know, maybe it's a software product. That formula, I've rinsed and repeated since 1976. And it works just as well today as it works before. And at least one or two of you guys here have seen that in action personally. You all have stuff. And your stuff might work with the stuff that I already know about. If it does then I make it part of my business to ingratiate myself to you and your community because there's a mutual benefit. That's the way WordPress marketing works. And I find it really interesting because a lot of people keep banging their head against the same wall. Like, don't try to make themes in 2019. That's over. Make make accessories for one of the page builders using the same skills and offer your stuff for free until enough people get excited that they know your name. That's how you can build a business that succeeds. And there's plenty of money to go around. 
Right. We're going to go for our break, folks. We'll be back. We've got a few more stories and I've got more wisdom for Uncle Spencer. So we'll be back in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back we're going to got some more stories but before before we go into these stories i want to talk about one of my other sponsors and that's lifter lms and lifter what is lifter lms um it's one of the best learning management systems on the market at the present moment WordPress, obviously WordPress based. If you've got a client or you're somebody that wants to start your own course, I suggest that you go over to Lifter LMS. You can download the core of the product and it's totally free and you can try it out to your heart's content. I think you're going to be impressed. Um, Chris and Tom, the, the two founders, have been pushing the envelope and they've just in, issued a couple additional add-on plugins that increase the functionality, especially if you're a developer type, enormously. So go over to Lifter LMS and tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. On to the next story. And I made a bit of a boo-boo, which Sally pointed out to me. Uh, I get a bit I get a bit confused about Zattenberg because he's always in the news and he's always in trouble. And I published this story last week. So we're going to change track and we're going to go with a Sally story and we're going with Corey Miller, a $5 million fund for inquiring WordPress businesses. Can you tell us about this story, Sally? Uh, well, it it, uh, it it kind of caught my eye when, it, uh, when, when I saw it, as I imagine it would. Um, uh, so Basically, uh, Corey Miller was talking with Mike Demo of Web Ventures, and I think it is like hilarious to be named Demo in in the tech environment. But um, and uh, Mr. Demo said, "Hey, you know, Web Ventures has a five million dollar fund for acquiring and investing in WordPress businesses, and um, that's you know." Um, petty cash if you're SoftBank, uh, but it's a pretty substantial amount of money for most WordPress businesses. Um, and uh, so, you know, what Corey uh, thought about this was like, hey, you know, um, the WordPress ecosystem is, you know, hot for investment. Uh, it's maturing. Uh, and this is, you know, an option for entrepreneurs in, in WordPress is, you know, if they want some uh, investment or thinking about it. Uh, exit strategy. Um, and so, uh, <clears throat> you know, then, then we've got this big uh, you know, block here. This is one of the most frequent questions I get asked is how do I prepare my business to be acquired? Uh, which I suppose is a, 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 indeed a, a question that you get asked if you are a person who might be acquiring business, acquiring businesses. Um, I would have thought so, would you? Uh, yes. Uh, so, if you are running the sort of business that might be acquired, you might want to go check this uh, uh, check this story out and, and 
kind of find out a little bit more about what might be uh, available and um, you know what they what they'd be interested in. Well, I think it's great news. The more um, more that entrepreneurs or people who are starting to build a business have access to capital, the more choices in the WordPress ecosystem, the more it must be for the better, mustn't it, Sally? Yeah. And that's that's what I think. What do you reckon, Joe? What do you reckon about this one? It's fun. Well, yeah, I was muted, rarely. Um, well, you know, I think that this is a trend that we've kind of seen uh, in the WordPress space, right? Corey made a very successful exit last year when iThemes, his company, was acquired by Liquid Web. Uh, we see agencies acquiring other uh, smaller outfits and hosting companies, of course, acquiring everything else. So... Um, I think I think this is a natural progression in the maturation of a software industry. Um, it's very cool to see it happening in the WordPress space. Um, aside from Web Venture, right? We also have Tiny Seed. Uh, that's uh, Rob Walling's um, uh, his kind of venture fund and business incubator. Syed has a, a business incubator pretty specifically focused on the WordPress space. So it's cool to see those things happening now um, because, um, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing people who were developers um, or people who were just tangentially interested in working on WordPress and the open source project now becoming like true blue business owners and getting some of that stuff that you can't learn in school. Like you can only learn from experience or from a mentor. So I think that's really cool to see. Yeah. I'll reckon you're right. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, um interesting. Yeah. I it's good that that uh Mike Demo uh got some bold grid money, wants to put it back in the community, wants to invest in some new businesses and uh see if he can make them grow. There's definitely a lot of acquisitions, uh a lot of uh you know different products companies uh being acquired over the last few years. I, I think we're probably going to see some more too, but yeah, um, we need to, to invest in the, uh, the next uh, round of uh, WordPress businesses that are up and coming. So, right. Yeah. Why do you think this is happening, um, Spencer? Because there was a time where nobody in the ve- in outside investment, I got the impression nobody from that circle would touch anything WordPress with a barge pole, uh, English saying, you know, now you've had the, like the thirty three hundred million into automatic. You've had other funds declare their interest. Do you think anything has shifted, and why are they now looking at the WordPress ecosystem? Oh, definitely. I mean, <laughs> first of all, there's a good saying. I think there's an English, an American saying. I wouldn't touch that with your something, something. But same point is that this is a, a reflection of the fact that the WordPress ecosystem of plugins, themes, and so forth has matured to the place where we're now seeing an aggregation. We've discussed this endlessly, but essentially there was a time when it was Wild West. There weren't coding standards. There weren't the Lego or Ikea store mentality of stuff just works together. It was just people making random you know, shacks in the outback. So that has helped the scenario. The second scenario is they were on the second or third generation of success stories coming back with their own capital, mm-hmm. like Joe mentioned. And the third thing that I see happening here, which is interesting, is if you love dinosaurs you can get money from Mike. No, in all seriousness, besides what he's got in his office there, which I don't know the rest of you guys noticed, uh, look at Mike's screenshot. 
if you want to get money from Mike, I would wear a Jurassic Park T-shirt and put a dinosaur hat on because that definitely will get his attention. Oh, right. Are you talking that. about demo? He's a huge Disney fan too. So. Look at the look at the back of his office. It's all dinosaurs. Uh, maybe that's just my own particular way of looking at things. But the thing I would say is, in this case, this is specifically oriented to one type of person, in my opinion. You are a sideline WordPress coder or business person. You're debating whether you can jump ship and leave your job to do it full time. This is a perfect match. Five million bucks spread out, probably a fifty to a hundred fifty thousand dollars per company, is enough for somebody like that to leave their job so that they have enough money not to worry about how they're going to pay the bills and feed their kid. So that's a great like scale. It's perfect for little plugins and tchotchke service offers, and they may have a really good success because there's not a lot you have to come back with to make back your fifty or hundred fifty grand. I would say most of the plugin authors that I work with directly, when their businesses get up and running, it's a quarter million dollar to several million dollar year business, but a quarter million bucks a year is not hard to make in WordPress, even as a consultant. So the idea is that this is a really good investment situation. If you've got somebody who's talented, well, you're shaking your head, but you know better. And if you're you're really, hold on, stop, stop laughing at everything I say. It's been so so opinionated and amusing, but that's why you're on the show. Really, if you're really smart and follow those other things I was discussing, where you find a niche and you know that you've got some kind of plug-in tchotchke service, whatever, this is a really interesting opportunity because it's essentially like you know a a startup grant to let you jump ship from your day job. Yeah, I agree with you there. Sorry. You know, I'm, I'm in a happy mood. I think it's my fault. I, I've, I've had to take some real strong painkillers. Uh, um, <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> I had a little bit of a fall yesterday, listeners and viewers. I kind of slipped on some leaves and I went for a flyer. Um, Adrian, what did you reckon? So, um, are you going to be writing I, a letter to him? Or are you going to be wearing You're getting that dinosaur t shirt as we order it as we speak. I uh, I am in, uh, I'm not currently in a mindset or a position to want to even have you know, a selling conversation at this point. Uh, we got a lot of work to do and we don't yeah. really need to sell and we're pretty good. Um, but I do have a few things to mention that if you're currently like running a WordPress based business, there are certain steps that you need to take if you plan an exit or if your inevitable end goal is an exit from that space. Uh, a lot of people don't think about planning for an exit or building a business with an exit in mind and they end up with a whole lot of a list of things that will count against an evaluation should that conversation ever happen for you. And I recently listened to a great interview with Syed, who was mentioned. Syed Balki is, you know, WP beginner uh, and a host of other very, very, very successful WordPress-based businesses. And where he outlines the certain things that a business needs in order to be even considered to have even started a conversation uh, about acquisition. And uh, I actually linked uh, it in the chat. So Jonathan, if you could add that to the the show notes after, okay. um, but you can you can go find uh, this YouTube video. Uh, it's called Syed Balki and buying and selling WordPress businesses on YouTube, uh, where he details some of the stuff like financials need to be super clean. If you don't have a bookkeeper, get one. Uh, 
you can't, you know, you do, you can't be using your business as a piggy bank. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, do that. And it's, it's, it's not good when going through the acquisition process that has to go through the CRA or the IRS or whatever. So, you know, that's the thing. Your business should be incorporated. If you don't have an incorporation or some sort of other LLC going on, then that's something needs to be a thing. And so you can't, you know, unless you take these steps ahead of time, selling a business is just simply not viable. So if you're planning an exit, learn what those strategies are, learn what those steps are, uh, and then start implementing them as soon as possible. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're going to go on to the next story. I'm going to switch them around, actually. I'm going to make number six, number five. And this was Hello Ghost 3.0. And I've got Joe suggested this, um, and I'm a bit intrigued. And I had a quick look at the platform and was quite impressed why did you well, think their landing page is quite slick? It is. Uh, um, why did you think this is going to be interesting for our discussion, Joe? Well, uh, Ghost, now somebody's going, a, a maybe more practiced historian will need to remind me if I'm messing up the details here, but Ghost launched as a Kickstarter project uh, that I believe Matt backed until he found out that it wasn't going to be open source. Is this, this is that project, right? John O'Nolan started it. Um, and so I've just been kind of it was, following Yes, it. it was going to be a fork of WordPress, and then they decided, no, that actually won't work for you. Right, enough. yeah, 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 that's exactly right, right. Um, and so I just thought it was interesting because um, Ghost is not something that gets talked about a lot, but they've been doing cool things over the years since they got, you know, since um, they started. And with 3.0, I think he's, complete, he's completely changing his business model, they raised $5 million, which uh, we just talked about in this space is a good chunk of change for what you want to do. And so I just, I just thought, you know, we, there are a lot of unknown but cool competitive projects to WordPress. So I just wanted to share this one because they just had a big launch. Um, they have a, a WordPress migrator. I think they kind of position or used to position themselves as a WordPress competitor. Um, Maybe now they're kind of going after Medium with their new business model. But mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, I thought it was interesting news, um, kind of outside, but tangentially related to the WordPress space. Yeah, I think you know, I was quite impressed with what they're doing, actually. Um, I think of, of any competitor, they are the most serious competitor to WordPress if you really got fed up with WordPress, you might be, you probably would be looking at Ghost. What do you reckon, Uncle Spencer? A uh, couple interesting points. First of all, <clears throat> what I think anybody should do if they're interested in this kind of thing is go look at their ARR. They're making 1.7 million bucks a year right now. So they've obviously got people interested in the idea. The basic concept here, although I think Joe has it spot on that where they came from is that Instead of it being a fork and doing the traditional WordPressy things, they've jumped, let's say, four steps ahead to what we've been discussing today about taking a, a modern stack of stuff and having a headless, you know, CMS. And in this case, maybe they're going to do a membership thing and giving it to people that have enough, let's say, interest in learning these new tricks and toys to give them a, a new metaphor, all in a package, all contained, all hosted, and no jetpack. But the thing that I really find is interesting is that. When you then go back and say, all right, I'm a WordPress person, and let's say I want to run a membership site or marketing automation, all stuff, and I'm interested in this. There's a very big divide, and that's a good thing, between a business person slash entrepreneur 
and a developer slash entrepreneur, the developer first people will be interested in this kind of thing. It's a convenient stack. It's like, oh, all my toys in one basket. There's other businesses that have been like this in the past. They're just utilities in a bundle. And I love that because all that WordPress stuff was getting in my way and all those crappy themes in my way. Business people will find themselves on an island like the cast of uh, Gilligan's Island waiting to be rescued from this because they'll be like, and now I'm here and where's my accessory plugin that lets me do this and that and the other. It's like, sorry, Charlie, get a developer to build it for you because there's everybody else is back on the old thing. So where those two worlds meet in the future, when WordPress becomes more headless and the themes go away, I think those worlds will meet in the middle where there'll be an environment of bolt-ons, add-ons and so forth for headless stuff that works like this. But right now, they're definitively different platforms entirely. Yeah. What do you reckon, Sonny? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's Ghost was started as a, let's make a blogging tool that's just easy to use for blogging and isn't cluttered up with all that stuff. And now it looks like they're expanding to add a few more features. And so they're going to make it a bit cluttered, don't they? Well, you know, we'll see. Right. But uh, I haven't tried it, so I don't know what it's like to look uh, to work with. It's obviously working for somebody um, and uh, it could be, a you know, a great solution in uh, some circumstances and not so much in others. So it's, you know, it depends what you need. I, I love WordPress, but that doesn't mean I think it's the right tool for every single website. Mm. What do you reckon, Adrian? Uh, looks cool. And, and I want I want the you know I want strong competitors to WordPress because otherwise we get in that really lazy uh, uh, position where it's like there's just no motivation to make things better for anybody. I'll let, let the last remark to my friend John. What do you reckon about this, John? Yeah, I think this is pretty exciting. I got to admit, though, when I saw this story in Slack, I for just a split second, I was thinking of the BAM ghost, you know. So, but um, yeah, no, I think this is great. Uh, I've always respected uh, John O'Nolan, and and I think that this um, 3.0 is uh, exactly you know, what they needed to do to keep progressing. There's all these different integrations. Yeah, we got all these, what I'm amazed is you got all these yeah. silo, you know, I hardly know anything about Ghost. It's a bit like the Divi community. I really know almost nothing about Divi apart from supporting Lucky you. <laughs> well, I was going to say that. Um, you just have. Uh, um, so, um, but in practical, I have no, I just don't, I just don't, you know, communicate with the Divi community. Yet we had a guest on our main podcast with Adrian. Um, I think Adrian wasn't able to attend, and I was talking to um, a person that spends a lot of time in the Divi community, and it's just amazing. So you got all these silo communities that you that have quite large interests, and you know nothing about it. All right, so on to um, the panel's recommendation, and my recommendation, and we interviewed him yesterday. And it um, was a great interview. It was the founder of WP Feedback, and he's been on the Friday discussion show as well. And so my recommendation is 
WPP feedback and you'll find the link because it helps you communicate more effectively with your clients and that must be a good thing mustn't it listeners and viewers good communication must be encouraged mustn't it so um uncle spencer have you got anything you want to recommend to listeners and viewers uh yeah i came across a, a very handy little plugin for somebody who's diagnosing wordpress sites uh it's where did it get <laughs> i got lost on my thing it's called the uh, plugin detective Essentially, that, that won a prize a couple of years ago in a, some kind of plug-in competition. Yeah. Orange, Orange County, actually, wasn't it? It's just a very lightweight little self-diagnosing walkthrough. And for somebody that's a business person, it isn't technically oriented. It's a good way to like start getting clues. Because a lot of times, that's all that it takes in WordPress. It's just go step-by-step step backwards. And all of us have our own little systems. But like turn off things until you find the thing and then go turn them all back on. This kind of works that way. So it's nice. Oh, that's great. Put it in. Please, um, panelists, put all your recommendations in the chat. It really helps me. Um, Adrian, um, got anything you want to um, plug or like? To so the- I, got, I got two for you. We had several Ooh. conversations that I revolved around acquisition and, and business and building, building a, a, a scalable and profitable company. Uh, to that end, I would recommend the interview that I mentioned quickly, uh, the conversation with Syed Balki, founder of WP Beginner and co-founder and currently like the, the the main guy for a bunch of other very, very successful WordPress businesses and what he looks for uh, when even offering the potential for an acquisition or starting that conversation. If you're not building a business that's sellable, then you know it's, it's, it's like, what's your exit? So uh, I highly recommend that conversation. Second one, is Black Friday is coming up uh, and I highly recommend you start getting your Black Friday stuff together. Uh, And in order to promote successfully Black Friday, there are a few channels that you have available to you. You have Facebook, you have PPC. Uh, Probably the biggest channel though is you have just emailing the customers you already have and therefore your list. If you are curious about how to best communicate uh, or the best strategy you have in terms of emailing those people. I uh, HubSpot wrote a great article that I took just a lot of the stats from about uh, which email uh, or which email layout will actually get you the best open rate and therefore will get you the best Black Friday results. Uh, I have linked uh, a blog post on the Groundhog site, uh, which kind of condenses that HubSpot article and provides you some actionable insights that you can do in order to get the best op- or the best open rates leading up to Black Friday. So you can basically cash in uh, on that weekend and uh, coast for the rest of the month. So you can go take a long vacation over Christmas. That's great. Um, Sally, you got anything you want to? Uh, well, I I did spend most of the week unconscious, but um, something that I got a chance to uh, uh, to try out uh, is a plugin called uh, Conditional Blocks, uh, and it uh, lets you uh, decide when to show or hide uh, Gutenberg blocks. Uh, you can do some of this with the editor's kit. Uh, plugin. Um, but one of the reasons that I actually bought the pro version of, of this plugin is that it lets you do uh, date-based uh, show-hide conditions um, pretty easily. Um, so you can say, hey, you know, only show this between this date and that date. Uh, and that is a, a handy thing uh, to be able to do uh, if you I don't want to like, you know, have to get up at midnight to turn something off when you've got a special offer that ends. 
All right. Adrian, can you just take over a second? I've got somebody at my door. It's a parcel. I've got a, got a sign for it. I'll be back in a second. Absolutely. Uh, so was that, I think, Joe, you're still left for recommendations. Yeah, I, uh, I am still left for recommendations. And I was going to recommend a blog post that I wrote uh, because WordCamp US is coming up. But then I came across this crazy website. It's bruno-simon.com. He, this guy is a amazing developer, apparently, uh, who just relaunched his portfolio site. That's his personal site. And you are like a little race car that is controlled by the arrow keys. And you're like driving around the town that is his work. From a UX standpoint, it's like complete nonsense. But uh, if you want to get an idea of his skill and talent, all you have to do is go to this site. It's like so much fun. Uh, I might have got distracted like in the middle of this episode by like <laughs> playing with it. There's like ramps and bowling balls and stuff. So uh, if you want to kill a little bit of time and like check out something this guy did in JavaScript, uh, definitely check it out. It's bruno-simon.com. Sorry about that, um, but you've got to sign for your parcels, haven't you? Uh, um, John, have you got anything you want to tell yeah, me? Yeah, I, I surely do have something. Uh, now, most of the time, you, you know, when you're working with clients, you're trying to get them to get the content to you. It's always this thing that's dragging on forever. Well, my well friend, I've, got, I've got the perfect tool, WP Feedback. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, well, I my my friend Todd E. Jones has has launched a a product called the Website Copy Framework. It's a guide to to helping get the website content uh, and getting that launched on time. Uh, it's only ninety seven dollars. It's a really good deal, um, and it helps. It'll help you get the content from your client. Uh, a framework. It gives them a framework to write. Uh, the story for their homepage, about page, service pages. There's additional worksheets for the unique value proposition, company story, and extracting benefits. Uh, so really useful thing from a person who does copywriting uh, for a living. So definitely go check that out uh, at the copyflight.com website. Oh, sounds interesting. Put the link in into chat, John. Well, right. panel, um, thank you for coming on the show. So, Uncle Spencer, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can go to wplaunchify.com and click the blue button for a free call, or you might find me over off of uh, wpfusion.com if you need help with marketing automation. That's great. Agent, how can people find out more about you and Groundhog? So if you need help with email marketing, marketing automation, or uh, optimizing your sales pipeline, you can head over to groundhog.io where we have a bunch of plugins and tools as well as educational resources in order to help you optimize your funnel. That's great. And Sally, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can find me at wpfangirl.com. I am uh, at Sally Getch on Twitter and Instagram, and the Instagram is mostly the cats. Yeah. Um, John. How can people find out more about you and your dog? Oh, yeah, you've seen that. Two places. Uh, you can find me at my website, lockdownseo.com. Also, you can find me publishing YouTube videos daily. Uh, go to youtube.com slash C slash John Lock SEO or just search hashtag lockdown SEO. Right. And Joe, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? You can find out all the wonderful things I'm doing over at casabona.org. 
<laughs> right. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Uh, just wonderful. Uh, um, thank you, panel. It's been an interesting show. I think we've kept it on message. We've blast for you some interesting stories. And listeners and viewers, if you want to really want to support the show, go to iTunes and give us a review. It really does help the show. It enables me and Adrian to get fantastic guests for our interview show. We've got some um, really interesting guests coming on the show in the next couple of months. Um, I'm looking forward to the interviews. And we'll be back next Friday for our live roundtable show where we have interesting and passionate discussion about all things WordPress and the internet in general. We'll be back next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.